It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder trying to get him out of space. Slopes a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. And it's the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's mailbag time, which means we welcome in our friend, the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. And above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. Hey, Chris, what's up? Hey, not too much. Uh, just uh, pretty much my entire world has been uh, the Australian Open over the last couple of weeks. So I've just been watching a whole lot of tennis and I'm ready to talk some tennis. I got my timelines messed up. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, the Australian Open podcast will drop next week. Chris and I are going to be doing daily shows. It's on Patreon for $55 a day. I hope you can afford it. The reason that it's $55 a day is because Chris and I are saving up for a personalized Zoom meet and greet with Serena Williams. <laughs> yes. it's, it's a good cause, yes. and I, I expect all of you to get behind it. 100%. Everybody sign up for that Australian Open Patreon. But in the meantime, while you're <laughs> signing up, let's answer some mailbag questions. First question comes in from Gus Toon. He says, little bit of fun here, gentlemen. Draft day comes. Jets still have the number two overall pick, and Trevor Lawrence slips to number two. How much is that draft pick worth now in a trade? This next month of gossip is going to be a killer. So first of all, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to slip, but if he does, yeah, obviously that pick becomes insanely valuable with teams offering all kinds of goodies to try and trade up. I would imagine, though, that if he does fall, the Jets would just pick him at number two. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, so yeah, get this out of the way. It, it's not going to happen. The Jets would take him if it did happen. But let's play the game. This this is going to be a haul. Uh, this would be a bigger haul than what you would even get for Deshaun, especially because uh, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a no-trade clause in there. Uh, he's going to be a lot cheaper, and he's going to have that time. Uh, that it's Man, we're looking at... Man, I don't even know how many firsts. Like, the, you're going to have a whole bunch of teams bidding against each other there. Um, like, almost everyone is going to would try to get in on that. So, I could see it going to four first-round picks, five first-round picks, or, you know, three and just a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, it would get to be a crazy sum it would be, you know, the Herschel Walker trade level of uh, talk here going on. It would probably require the entire trade value system having to be completely scrapped and rebuilt from scratch because it would just break everything. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's not going to happen. But it's fun to think about. Gus also asks if there's a movie at some point about Tom Brady, who plays him and who plays Bill Belichick. So I'm doing this straight off the top of my head. I haven't had time to sit down and really think about this. 
My first instinct for who plays Tom Brady is that guy who played Thor, and I can't remember his name. All he'd have to do is cut his hair really short and then let him go play Tom Brady. As far as who would play Belichick, again, just going off the top of my head, I'd go with Nick Nolte just because I loved how well he played that Bobby Knight character in Blue Chips. I feel like he's shown that he could be good at playing a coach. So if you give him a bit of a makeover, dress him down a little bit, make him low-key it more like the way he was in the movie warrior then I think that he would be a good fit for that role that's just off the top of my head I'm sure if I sat down and really thought about it I could come up with better answers but that's what I have for you when you're asking me on the spot Uh, okay first I'm gonna have to sit here and marvel and and appreciate uh your answer for Bill Belichick uh Nick Nolte is a great choice there uh wow um yeah with Belichick you know, it's, it's he's got to be somebody that can pull off grumpy and like you, you. It has to be like crazy, but like you know, a Homer Simpson quote: "Crazy, crazy like a fox." Like, <laughs> it's it, it, there's got to be something there, uh, man. Like visually, I, I, I if you want to do it, just a comedic one, I, I like it. Bill Murray would be kind of really perfect. Mm. Um. But yeah, that's tough. I think you nailed it with Nick Nolte. I I don't think I can beat Nick Nolte. Um, not not in this short time frame, at least. Maybe I'll think about this because this is really fun. As as for Tom Brady, it's gonna be uh, Ben Affleck or Matt Damon or both of them somehow because the only way this movie gets done is with them involved. Or well, I guess maybe Mark uh, Marky Mark might get involved, but it's got to be an Affleck or Damon uh, or Damon playing him. Um, because that's that's the only way it's going to happen. I don't hate Mark Wahlberg as Tom Brady. He'd have to give himself a little bit of a makeover, but I think he could probably pull it off. Plus, he could do the soundtrack as Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it would it would be a perfect soundtrack to go with just that that movie. Yes, Mark, Marky Mark and Funky Bunch doing a Tom Brady movie. I, I go for it. I'm skipping all of it. <laughs> Next question comes in from T. Diddy Jammer. He says, the Jets have offensive line needs. Do they address them through free agency or the draft? Why not both? Yes. <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. Right. They, dra- they they go to uh, free agency and the draft. They're going to do them both. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see who they get in free agency. Um, again, I'll state that the emphasis on the offensive line is clearly those three inside positions. But uh, I, do, I don't expect them to be signing a right tackle. Uh, I, I could absolutely see them drafting a right tackle. Uh, I absolutely 100% expect them to sign at least one guard and maybe two guards or a center. Um, but I also ex- definitely expect them to draft at least one of those as well. So I, I'd expect probably – I think it's safe to say that you could see expect to see two free agent signings and at least two draft picks. And the, it'll just be, you know, maybe the second uh, offensive line free agent signing isn't a Joe Thune type uh, name, but it's, you know, more of a middle of the pack name. But I, I, I think that's realistic to look for two of each. Chris, along the lines of upgrades the Jets can make along the offensive line, Brian Gowiski says, I saw Deontay Brown said he wants to play with Makai Becton. What's your thoughts on him? I think Connor Rogers had him with a round three grade. 
I only watched him during games, so I haven't sat down and really watched his tape. I liked what I saw on Saturdays, though. I think he has potential to be really good if he's coached right. Certainly, he and Mekhi Becton would be an enormous duo. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I wouldn't be against taking him. Look, the more the merrier when it comes to offensive line, because bottom line is... That's one of those positions where you take a whole bunch of people and try and figure out who can be the best for you in your blocking scheme. And you can never say enough times how important it is to have depth along the offensive line, too. So even if you grab him and he doesn't turn out to be a day one starter, if you can develop him over time, if you get him in round three, that's not the worst thing in the world either. But yeah, I wouldn't hate the idea of taking him with the idea of trying to plug him into that offensive line. That would have to be like the largest heaviest pairing i mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. uh, ever uh would would you even need a center at that point can you just the, the two of them would equal three players um they're both about one and a half people so you just got three players there you they take up the whole three spots um the i i haven't watched any film of him i haven't looked at any of the scouting uh, reports on that i i'm a little surprised to hear that uh, uh uh connor had a third round grade on him i would think it would be a second but i will absolutely defer to connor on that he has watched a ton more of it and i trust i will take his word on that um but yeah absolutely uh you know, if and if Joe Douglas likes him and thinks that he can work next to him, then I'm then I'm absolutely good with it. I I from what I've seen of him, and a lot of that is you know just uh, his size and you know I'm when I am watching Alabama games, I I haven't been as focused on him. So uh, the plays that stand out in my mind, uh, you know, I, there could be a lot of inconsistencies. I have I didn't see it because I wasn't paying that close attention. But yeah, absolutely. Um, if if they think that he can move well enough at his size, and you think that you can get those two guys, it's the same type of thing we were talking about with Cam Clark last year about why they drafted him in his size, and if he can develop down the road, then that, you have two huge maulers next to each other, and that that would be huge. Um, so so yeah, if they if they feel like that he's the pick, then I'm. I'm going to be absolutely on board with it. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
Chris, next question continues the offensive line theme, and it's from Peter J. Dillard. So we shouldn't be surprised because death taxes and Peter asking questions about the offensive line and investment up front is the three guarantees in this life. So Peter says, gentlemen, if we cannot sign one of the big free agent interior linemen, including Lindsley, what do you think of signing Tyler Moton to a deal and have bookend tackles and then drafting guards, maybe somebody like Trey Smith or the aforementioned Deontay Brown, and having them battle Cam Clark? Sounds fine to me. Moton's a good tackle. You get rid of George Fant and free up that money, and then you can get some guards in the draft, like you said, whether it's Smith or Brown, have them battle Cam Clark. You could also sign a different guard in free agency and have them battle it out too. As I said, you can never have enough good offensive linemen, so it's never a bad thing to make investments at any of those positions. Yeah, I, I'm I'm for whatever combination uh, of things that work, you know, that they can get. And work. And if they think that, uh, you know, moving pieces around like that's the best way to go about it, um, I, this is a, a huge part of why I kind of have faith in Joe Douglas is the main reason, the, the huge thing that's just sticking at me that always going to bring me back to have faith in him is how much he believes in line play, <laughs> how much he believes the value in line play. And how much I think I, he can be trusted with those decisions there. So I, I'm kind of going to just uh, defer to him on a lot of this stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously he can make some, there's some decisions out there where I will uh, question and criticize right away. But if if he uh, thinks that, you know, going after the right tackle, bumping somebody up inside is going to help, uh, work it then i'm going to defer to him on that um what we know is makai becton is 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 good if he could stay healthy he's going to be good the rest of that line needs to be uh reworked and redone fant is the you know the lesser of the problems with those other four spots right now but he's also not a long-term solution so if joe douglas sees a long-term solution or an upgrade over fant then go ahead and take it. Uh, we keep talking about, you know, like I, I don't expect them to sign anyone at right tackle and free agency. <clears throat> but if Joe Douglas does see enough of an upgrade available, he he will absolutely pounce on it, and that, as he should. Um, the the in interior is a little more pressing, but if you can upgrade at any position, go ahead and do it. Chris, we got two separate questions that cover the same topic, so I figured I would combine them. Sean Stevens says, how many of these stories regarding Wilson and Lawrence on the same tier are believable? I've seen at least three articles now where people hold Wilson in such high regard that I don't know what to believe. Jacob Israel also says, thoughts on the slowly rising tide of reports of teams having Wilson rated as the number one overall QB. I assume it is smoke, maybe from JD, but getting increasingly excited about the building buzz for him. Of course, scouts also loved Trevon Wesco and Ashton Davis. So what do they really know? In fairness, before we even get into this question, the book is not closed on Ashton Davis. And as far as Trevon Wesco, I don't remember scouts loving him other than after the draft, Brian Baldinger posted one of his Baldies breakdowns. But I don't remember any major buzz around Trevon Wesco leading up to the draft. He was basically just the blocking tight end who could catch every once in a while. 
But when it comes to Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, talked about this on the show with Nick Spano. I think a fair amount of it is genuine and some of it is smoke, but I definitely do believe that there are at least a couple of teams that have Wilson rated as their number one quarterback. And more to the point, I do think that there are legitimate analysts that have Wilson rated number one. You heard Joe Theismann say that. Mark Schlereth has come out and said it. There are a few others. There's always going to be varying opinions, and as much as Trevor Lawrence is a consensus generational prospect, there's always going to be differing minds on this one. So I do think that some of it is smoke because that's what you get around draft time, but I do think some of it is genuine, and you can see why. Wilson has a very intriguing skill set, and so while Lawrence is generally regarded as a generational quarterback prospect, Wilson's upside and his skill set is very different than Lawrence. In a lot of ways, they're different kind of prospects. So it's sort of like, even though you may say that the vast majority of people prefer vanilla ice cream over chocolate or chocolate over vanilla, there's always going to be some people that prefer the reverse. Yeah, uh, that that's natural and that's always going to happen. Um, well, yeah, so let's start. I uh, There was some... Uh, scouts loving Trayvon Wesco, but they scouts love Trayvon Wesco as like, you know, a fourth round pick uh, go, going on there. There was some scouts that liked what they saw with him as a mid round value like that. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't be using Ashton Davis as a thing to point out. Like he's a bust. Uh, he showed a lot of good things and uh, safety is a really difficult position to transition to. Uh, I'm, I'm far from calling that a, a pick a win for Joe Douglas, but I'm definitely not marking that down as a, as a miss either yet. Um, I listen, this draft season, we know what, what that means. Draft season, there's always going to be smoke. So if, Let's let's say five teams uh, somehow it gets out that with five teams that they like Wilson as number one. Uh, at least one or two of those is absolutely going to be smoke. But at least one or two of those is going to be genuine. You're never going to get uniform consensus with this type of stuff. And some of it's just as simple as uh, the playing style – uh, who you think might fit better for your system. Um, and also Trevor Lawrence kind of suffers from this, this whole, uh, you know, the Andrew Luck syndrome type of thing uh, where he was so good and been around for so long and he stayed and that people get kind of bored of him. And so you either want to pick holes in it or just be like, oh, he's not that great. I'm sick of everyone talking about him for the past three years. <laughs> and then obviously he came on the scene with that national championship year, played so great. And then, you know, had a little bit of a sophomore slump, bounced back. But when, you, when you're around and talked about for that many years in college, some people get tired of it and they hop off the bandwagon and they start uh, just doing it. It's just a natural thing. That's always going to happen. But then again, there's going to be people that are going to look and just, they're going to like uh, Zach Wilson's style, but they're going to think he's better and a fit in their system. They're just going to like, um, you know, maybe more of the risks because the, it's an interesting quarterback class. Um, they're all really kind of risk averse except Wilson's definitely the riskiest of the bunch. So maybe there's a team out there that likes them all pretty equally, but they like the more aggressive Wilson. Uh, 
and that's that's the other thing. We're not talking about uh, you know Trevor Lawrence with a ninety-eight grade, Zach Wilson with an eighty-eight grade, Fields with a seventy-eight grade, and Lance with a sixty-eight grade. These guys are so close that it's just going to come down to preferences on certain things. I talk about this all the time with receivers. Trying to predict which receiver is going to go first in an NFL draft is just a fool's errand because <clears throat> how many times have you seen it go be uh, John Ross or uh, you know Henry, Henry Ruggs, uh, the speed guy? You just don't know which one's going to be the first one to go after him and get it. And teams are looking for different things in receivers, and it's a similar thing with quarterbacks. Teams want different things, so they're going to rank them differently. Uh, especially when they're this close. Like I would love to be able to get an honest poll after the draft of all 32 teams ranking the four. I don't, I don't know that there will ever be a year where the variance will be so different than this year. Uh, they're just so close and it's, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of little differences and who's in the two or the three spots for teams. That's going to wrap up part one of the mailbag. We'll be back with part two tomorrow. In the meantime, make sure you check out Chris on Twitter, at CNimbly, and at Jets Insider, and read his very big deal work over at JetsInsider.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. But it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. For the latest and greatest in the New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.